Welcome to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Casso, travel and brand photographer and the founder of Caitlin Casso Creations, where I share other women's stories through my photographs and now this podcast. Inspired by Her Story is a podcast dedicated to inspiring, motivating, encouraging, and empowering women to get out of their comfort zones and follow their dreams. Whether it's owning their own business, experiencing something new, or making a major life change, I want to encourage other women to follow their dreams and live their lives to the fullest. Throughout this podcast, I will be sharing my own stories and those of inspirational women with hopes to let souls connect and adventures to unwind. Follow along as I take you with me during my travels, experiences, and encounters with these amazing women. Are you looking for a platform to help you manage your business? HoneyBook helps creative entrepreneurs and freelancers book more clients, manage projects, and get paid all in one place. With this business management software, you can send out contracts, automate emails to clients, stay on top of all of your to-dos, and send out invoices within seconds. HoneyBook helps me make sure that each and every one of my clients are well taken care of while helping me save time and money all at once. If this is something that you're looking for, you can save 50% off your first year with HoneyBook. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes so you can receive 50% off. Your future self and clients will thank you. Today on Inspired by Her Story is Kristen Bowen. Kristen is the founder and CEO of Living the Good Life Naturally, a family-owned line of all-natural transdermal magnesium products. Following a complete health crash in 2002, her company was born out of the will and determination that she knew she needed in order to regain her health for good. Living the good life naturally may be the tangible products around Kristen's mission, but it is the fact that she has helped thousands reclaim their own health foundations that make it all worthwhile. During this episode, Kristen talks more about how her health crash led her to the creation of her business. And on the table, It was literally a meridian of time for me. I had my life before that happened and my life after. My heart stopped, I coded several times, started having seizures, and to make a very long story short, uh, for three and a half years, I literally have very few memories. How magnesium is a great foundation for living a healthy lifestyle. But a healthy body is a magnesium-rich environment. And so we need to create that magnesium-rich environment. And you can't do that through oral supplementation. Um, To take enough magnesium in, you would be in digestive distress massively, and it's synthetic. And how gratitude can help you live a healthier life. Gratitude and experiencing active gratitude in your body keeps your magnesium in your body because If you're actively experiencing gratitude, your stress levels don't go up. And we talked earlier, when stress levels go up, magnesium goes out. Let's hear more about her journey. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Oh, thank you for having me on. After listening to several of your podcasts, I'm really excited. Oh, 
Thank you so much. That means so much to me. I'm so excited. And after I had our first call together, so for those who don't know, I always talk to somebody beforehand before having the podcast interview. And there, I felt like there were so many questions that I had that I can't wait to learn more about. But I always say, I'm like, okay, just briefly talk about it at first because I want to dig deeper while we have the conversation for the podcast because I like also feeling like a listener as well where I could just whatever comes to me I could instantly ask as well so I'm really excited to find out more well Caitlin it shows the investment of time that you put into your podcast as a as a guest coming onto podcasts, I love having that quick little introduction beforehand so we can get a feel for how it's going to go, but not going too much into it so it's fresh and new for the podcast. And it really shows in your podcast. So as a listener, I thank you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. That means so much to me because you never know how other people are seeing it on their end. So it's good to hear that. <laughs> so Kristen, tell everybody a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name is Kristen Bowen. I'm the founder of Living the Good Life Naturally. More importantly, I am a wife to a recent double amputee, so we're learning to dance a new dance together. And I am a mom of six and a grandmother of seven little perfect human beings. And I'm just so grateful for where my life is at right now. I'm just deeply fulfilled and connected to lots of people that I love. And I don't take that for granted. Yeah, I love that. And I'm so excited to hear more in regards to that too. We were actually even just talking about gratitude before we got on the call. So I'm sure we're going to be able to dig a little bit deeper into that also during this episode. Oh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> and so now tell us a little bit more about your journey and how it is that you did get to where you are today. Okay, so I want to put it into context in that we had just adopted two children from the um, foster care system. And so we were bringing them in, reassuring, loving them, helping them adjust to this new family and helping the children that we had. I call it children born of my heart and some born of my body. And so it, it had been a big year. It had been a big year bringing older children in and, and adjusting and and melding our family together. And I just had a baby. And I've always had depression has been a part of my journey. And after the babies, it's really important to me that I get back to exercise because it's such a mental lift for me and such a core foundational piece for my depression. And so I was super excited when I got the okay to get back into it. And I started having a lot of bladder issues. I would walk, talk, laugh too hard, and my bladder would leak. So I ended up going back into the OBGYN and explaining what was happening. And he said, oh, very common. And that was your fourth biological child and your bladder has dropped. And we just need to go back in, tie the bladder back up. It's a very common procedure. You'll be in and out the same day. So great, set that up, went in. And on the table, it was literally a meridian of time for me. I had my life before that happened and my life after. My heart stopped. I coded several times, started having seizures. And to make a very long story short, uh, for three and a half years, 
I literally have very few memories of that time. I got, I ended up in a wheelchair. I would have numerous seizures throughout the day. The wheelchair even had a little attachment that would hold my head up because I didn't have the strength to hold my head up. And I wasn't able to eat food. I was on a, it's called TP and total perinatal nutrition because my body just rejected all foods and I was having seizures and it got so bad. My husband took a leave of absence because I wasn't able to care for this new baby and our other children. And we basically ended up just chasing doctors holistic practitioners just chasing if anyone had if we heard that anyone had a solution we would run and my husband would take me in hopes that we could find something and my husband kept saying something happened in that surgery and he even wondered did they leave a sponge in you know is did they leave something inside and come to find out um, after three and a half years, there was a physician's assistant that my husband heard on the radio. He was listening to the radio and he was just um, a medical person that was thinking outside the box. And he was talking about hormone balance. And my husband thought maybe that's part of what's happened with her is there was a hormonal change when, when the surgery happened. And so we went into that physician's assistant and laid everything out on the line. And he was like, I've never even heard of anything like this. He said, but I love to research and I want to just go study and see if I can put any pieces together. And he called my husband back and said, I want you to come back in the office. I think I figured it out. And so as we sat there in the office, um, he told my husband that he wondered if I suffered from Melissa syndrome. And Melissa syndrome, for your listeners, is when they used to think titanium was inert, but now they know there's a handful of the population, especially those who already have autoimmune disorder, which I'd been diagnosed with celiac sprue years before, that they have an allergic reaction to titanium. And the, the bladder had titanium screws holding the bladder in. And he said, I, there's no way to prove this. The only thing that we can do is go back in and take it out and see if it helps. And my husband talks about the weight of that decision. I was clueless at that time, um, the weight that he carried for making that decision because I had struggled so much with the last surgery. And by this point, I was down to under 80 pounds. And so I was not as healthy as I was. And so his concern was, if we put her back on that table, we might lose her. So he reached out to my mom to help he, he wanted my mom's input and my mom's approval before that decision was made. And so the two of them decided that my quality of life had gotten to such a low level that it was time for drastic. And so we did the surgery, went ahead and did the surgery. And coming out of the surgery, my brain was more connected. I could recognize my mom's face. I thought about my children. It was, it was the only way I can describe it is coming out of this black oppressive fog. And it was like there was light and I could remember things and my brain was working. And so it helped to get that titanium out. 
but I was still a mess. My, my body, I, I couldn't take food in. I had chemical sensitivities. I had mold sensitivities. I had a hard time drinking water. My body really reacted to the chlorine in the water, so I couldn't stay hydrated because we had such issues there. And so it was through that horrible meridian of time trauma that happened that all of the goodness in my life right now, it, and at the time, I did not have the insight. I did not have the ability to recognize, and I've heard you say this before, this is happening for you. I did not recognize this was happening for me, that this would play and become a part and the stepping stone into some of the most fulfilling moments of my life outside of my family. And so it was during that process of rebuilding my health after the surgery that I just learned so many things and people started coming to me and I never intended to start a business. It just kind of evolved and grew. And my husband said, you're saying no to them. You're saying yes to them. And every time you say yes to them, you're saying no to us. And they're asking you for a lot and we need you. And so I really had to evaluate my own patterns and why was I saying yes to them and saying no to my family. So it really helped me delve into my values and my beliefs and gain clarity on those so that I could make the best decision for how I wanted to create my life after that trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I remember during our first call when you shared your your whole story, I was just like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to have you on the podcast because this is going to <laughs> inspire so many people. And so now after um, your second surgery, did you mm-hmm. kind of have, was it more of like an awakening almost of where you wanted to take control of your health? And how did no. you start like educating yourself on what you do now, really? No, it wasn't. It was, a, it was a slow process for me recognizing that I needed to take more accountability for my health. And it was, by that point, I had osteoporosis. And my, I had such incredible bone fatigue. And I grew up in a very Western medical home. And you did what the doctor said. And so I went to the doctor and you know, they did a bone scan and my bones were in really bad shape, especially for the age I was at. And he gave me a medication, Fosomax. And okay, great. I'll take it because my expectation going to the doctor was you will fix me. You will make me better. Give me something to fix this ailment that I have. And I had, I would stand up and have nosebleeds and it was just awful you know, here I had such gratitude for being able to stand up again on my own, not have to be in the wheelchair. But now every time I stood up, my nose would bleed and it would drip everywhere and it would get on my kids and on my shoes. And it was just, oh, it was awful. And that's, that's when I probably had the biggest shift because I went back to the doctor and I told him and he was like, well, we've just got to live with it. Carry a little cloth with you. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, right? no, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not having a bloody nose every time I stand up. Mm-hmm. I, I want my life back. Exactly. And I remember just having that desperate feeling of there has to be more than this. They're, they're just, I'm not going to have a bloody nose every time I stand up. And that was probably the biggest shift. And then the rest of it just applied on top of that slowly. And I tossed, I tossed that medication back to him. And I said, there has to be a different way to rebuild my bones. There just has to be. And that's when I really started researching what it was that I needed to do to rebuild my bones. And my mom said, oh, take calcium, just take calcium. And I talked to some other people and they said, you know, really calcium is not what builds strong bones, even though we've been bombarded with that calcium, Mm -hmm. calcium, calcium. And I had a really good friend who was a nurse that said, we actually have the weakest bones of any generation that has walked the planet, even though our calcium intake has been more through synthetic supplementation. And when she said that, it really, again, opened another door like, oh, synthetic calcium isn't building strong bones. And then her husband, who was a contractor, said, well, when you put calcium into cement, it hardens them. Wouldn't it do the same thing to bones? Makes it, you know, it it hardens it. And so that's when I realized, okay, there's more to building strong bones than calcium. And that's when I fell in love with magnesium because magnesium is that nutrient that you need at the foundation to get all of the other nutrients into your bones to rebuild those strong bones. And so I fell in love with the magnesium through the process of healing my cranial nerves after the seizures and rebuilding my bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was just a process of searching and talking with people that I respected and, and putting pieces together. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, taking the time to do all of that research and talking to others has to take a lot of patience because I feel like that's the first thing I think of is, oh my goodness, I can only imagine how much time you put into this too. And for me, I feel like I'm like, I just want answers right away. Someone just, and that's what we're used to. You know, that's what we're used to growing up. It's like, if we want answers on our health, you say, okay, go to the doctor. They'll tell you. And that's it. That's all you need to know. But that's not necessarily the case. And I've actually had a few people on my podcast too, that have also brought that to light also, whether as it might even be you know, getting um, more advice from different doctors too, you know, reaching out to different doctors, not necessarily only going to one, that's the solution. And that's the only answer possible. Um, But to kind of go back to the patients, I give you a lot of kudos for, you know, taking the time to do all of this research and talk to people and say, this can't be the only answer. There has to be more. I want my life back and there has to be another way in order to get that back. It was driven by that desperation. Mm -hmm. You know, I had lost so much and I realized as, as I started feeling better, I was protected during that three and a half years. I didn't realize how bad it was. I was so out of it and so sick and coming back, I realized, Oh, 
this really affected my family. And so I just wanted to be able to make a difference. And, you know, it had tanked us financially. It had absolutely tanked us financially. And my kids had, you could see some real trauma that had happened with my children. And I just wanted to be able to make it better. And so that's what really drove me and all that studying and, and discovering and trying things and that didn't work and then learning what worked and what didn't work and, and recognizing when I went to the doctor, I needed to take more accountability for my choices instead of going to the doctor and laying everything on him or her and saying, okay, make me better. I needed to take accountability for the Diet Coke I was slurping every morning. And I needed to take accountability for my sleeping habits. And I needed to take accountability for the level of vegetable intake that I was consuming. And so it really was a process of learning how to take that power back and then be comfortable holding it. Because it can be overwhelming when you first take that power back. The responsibility is huge for your body. And so it was taking it back and then becoming comfortable holding it and realizing this is my responsibility. And that doctor, naturopath, nurse, whomever it is, is on my board of directors. But ultimately, it is my responsibility to create health in this body. Yeah, that's so true. Because it's so much easier trying to give something away rather than taking responsibility for it yourself and owning it. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And now I'd love to speak more about uh, magnesium. So okay. I know that is something that you, you speak very highly of. And now you've also said to me in the past too about how it's much better also to actually soak in magnesium rather than take it orally. So I'd love to hear even just more about, you already mentioned some of the benefits of magnesium, uh, maybe even how you found out about soaking in magnesium also and the benefits to that. Okay. So my kids call me a magnesium freak. (laughs) My adult kids. I like to call myself a magnesium health advocate. There we go. That sounds much nicer, but my kids are like, oh, mom's a magnesium freak. So um, magnesium has become the foundation and is the foundation for each one of us. So for example, you might have some very different needs than I have right now in creating optimal health, but all of us have the need for a strong magnesium foundation. And we live in a calcium dominant world, but a healthy body is a magnesium rich environment. And so we need to create that magnesium rich environment. And you can't do that through oral supplementation. Um, to take enough magnesium in, you would be in digestive distress massively, and it's synthetic. You know, go back to what I learned about calcium, that synthetic calcium doesn't build strong bones. Why was I taking synthetic magnesium to create a magnesium-rich environment to 
literally catapult all of those things that magnesium does. It's, it's the basis to start so many hundreds and some say thousands of functions in your body. And so soaking in that magnesium is the way to create that magnesium rich environment. And I realize many people who are listening right now may think, oh, but I sleep better with magnesium. And you're right. A lot of people take oral magnesium and they sleep better or it helps a leg cramp. The thing that I always look at is the short-term versus the long-term. So for example, take my Diet Coke addiction. I had a crash in the afternoon, which I now know was an adrenal crash, but I would get so tired in the afternoons and I'd grab a Diet Coke. And it was a quick fix. It gave me a little boost of energy. Um, it helped my frontal lobe brain think a little bit more clearly. But the long-term consequences of that short-term choice was pretty in-depth. What it did to my bones, to my digestion, you know, what it did to the pH of my body. So take oral magnesium, and yes, that is a short-term solution, but let's look at what that synthetic magnesium does in the long term. It drops vitamin D levels, and it decreases your body's ability to uptake nutrients from your food. Food is medicine. Even the food that we have now that doesn't have the same benefits that it did 50 years ago because the quality of our food is decreasing, but food is still medicine. And I don't want to take something on the short term that's decreasing my body's ability to uptake those nutrients. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend that actually dropped off magnesium. And she said, Kristen, with all of your seizures and all of the stress that your family has been under, you have to be low in magnesium. And so I soaked in it and absolutely fell in love with it from that very first time that I soaked. And not everyone experiences that. Some people do. When they soak that very first time, they feel that it's a pulsing that goes up through your lymph as you uptake that magnesium. Magnesium's the chill pill mineral. It's very relaxing. Some people, it takes longer. For me, that very first time I knew. And so once I experienced the benefits of what was happening with the magnesium, I wanted my family to all soak in it. So we all started soaking. And my husband, who at the time was a type 2 diabetic, noticed that his blood sugars were better. He's since been declassified. But at the time, he was a type 2 diabetic. So pan magnesium is so good for pancreas and for heart and for your liver and digestion and peristaltic action and thyroid function. And so I wanted everybody that I loved, like soak in this magnesium, soak in this magnesium. And then it quit working. We just weren't experiencing the benefits anymore. And I thought, well, maybe we just have enough in our body. And so I called the company and really started talking with them and come to find out the magnesium was being watered down. And so the magnesium that we were soaking in had more water in it than magnesium because the price had gone up on magnesium. And so they needed that profit margin to be bigger. And I realized I didn't want to hand, and there's nothing wrong with having a profit margin. I don't want it at the cost of not having the quality. 
And I realized at that moment that I wanted to be in charge of the magnesium. I wanted to make sure that where it was coming from was the cleanest source. And I wanted to make sure that it didn't have any water added to it. They don't have to tell you that on the bottle because it already has water in it. So they don't have to tell you that they've added more. And they can also produce magnesium chloride, which is the type of magnesium that you soak in. They can produce it in a lab, but that doesn't move your blood numbers. And so I turned to my husband and said, I, I, I want to I want to bring it in. I want to import magnesium so that we have it for our family. And it was huge and scary to make that jump. And importing is, is a pretty intense experience as, as it, your product goes through the ports and, and things can happen. And, but it was worth it because now we're able to share that product that we love so much with other people. And we can say, it will never be diluted. It's not produced in a lab and it comes from the cleanest place currently right now that you can get for magnesium. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have to say, you sent me some magnesium and I tried it. I did it as a foot soak and I actually did it before this call and I am feeling very calm. <laughs> and I'm like, that is why that is why I'm feeling very calm, cool, and collective. I feel yeah. like my feet still feel like fabulous right now. Oh, that's so good. I have to laugh when you say that calm, cool, and collected. I was teaching classes, and so I would have them soak. And teaching a class of very relaxed people that are just kind of almost nodding off. And I realized I'm sending the magnesium home with them to soak. I want them awake and alert right? and active in this class. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> and now can you also soak in it in the bathtub as well? Like taking a bath? Absolutely. Um, I had a question and other people were asking me questions. And so one of the things that we started doing was just testing different ways the water did the water make a difference did the heat of the water make a difference did the container that you soaked in make a difference is it faster to do it in the tub we just i just had all of these questions because one of my ultimate goals is minimum input for maximum output and so i wanted to soak for the shortest amount of time to get the maximum benefit from the magnesium. And so I thought for sure that soaking in the bathtub because more of your body is exposed to the magnesium and I'm a bath girl. I love to take a bath. Mm -hmm. And I thought for sure that soaking in that bathtub would be more efficient. And so we hired thermal imaging people to come in and you can see the magnesium moving through your lymph when you soak. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The bathtub was not more efficient. Wow. Your feet act as pumps mm -hmm. and it's crucial that your feet are in and that's what's uptaking that magnesium. And it's been so interesting. My husband is a recent double amputee and so he doesn't have feet mm -hmm. to soak in the magnesium. And so he does it in the bathtub always now. And we've had a hard time getting his numbers to move without having feet. Mm -hmm. And so when you soak in the bathtub, make sure those feet are down in the water. Once um, we had him tested and I realized, man, it is really making a difference on how he's absorbing the magnesium. And so I reached out to a bunch of women that had had a hard time getting their numbers to move on their blood 
um, blood work for magnesium and every single one of them when I asked them, do you put your feet in the water or do you put your feet up on the tub? And they said, oh, we put them up on the tub. I said, put them down on the water. All of them across the board experienced more benefit from the magnesium. And those who did do the testing, their numbers had the greatest jump. So it's your feet that pump up that magnesium. Um, so whether it's in a bowl or whether it's in a tub, it doesn't matter. We just want your feet in that water with that magnesium. Gotcha. That's so interesting. Yeah. Isn't that, that interesting? Yeah, it really is. And that actually makes me think of the fact that I've also heard um, like people say to put essential oils on your feet before going to bed. So there's, I'm not sure if you're into essential oils or not, but there's like the thieves one that people right. talk about and how that is supposed to help with like your immune system. If you're starting to feel a little sick and I have a friend who uses them and says that she'll put them on her feet before she goes to bed because that's supposed to help at night. It pumps your feet will pump it up through your whole body. You can stand on garlic and in seven minutes after standing on garlic, after seven minutes, your breath will smell like the garlic because wow. your feet are pumping that up through your body. That's yeah. So, so that's a great, it's a, it's a powerful way to get things inside of your body and really makes me recognize the power of what we put on our skin and how important that is because our body is uptaking all of that. Yes, definitely. It's so true. So even thinking about if you go to a nail salon, it's almost like you should, if you're getting a pedicure, you should really be concerned about what kind of products they're using too. Yeah. Yeah. So because your feet pump up everything. Your yeah. feet pump up everything. And now how often would you say would be recommended to actually soak? So this is another thing over, um, I've been sharing the benefits of magnesium for 20 years. And so the really beautiful thing about that is I have 20 years of data, what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so as what we tell people is do a 30 day challenge. And that 30 day challenge is where you soak every day for 30 days. And I know the very first thing when I say that people will say, ah, oh, I don't have 30 days. I've never had a perfect 30 day challenge. It's okay to miss a couple of days, but try to hit 70% of that. And as what we're wanting to do is reach cell saturation. That's when every single red blood cell is surrounded by magnesium. And so in that 30 day challenge, we are flooding the body with magnesium and moving your red blood cell numbers. And then after 30 days, for those who want to be tested to know where their numbers are, test within five days of that 30-day challenge. And then after that, it depends on your lifestyle choices. So I think it would be beneficial for your listeners to understand what depletes magnesium. The foods they eat, High sugar depletes magnesium. Processed foods deplete magnesium. White flour depletes magnesium. Smoking depletes magnesium. Alcohol depletes magnesium. Stress depletes magnesium. So think of the last time you got stressed out. When that cortisol goes up, the magnesium goes out through your urine. Your thyroid function determines how you hold magnesium in your body. And so 
literally your personality and how you manage stress plays a role in how often you need to soak. And so after that 30-day challenge, we see most people needing to soak between one to three times per week, depending on their lifestyle choices and their bodies. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And you mentioned about sugar and also, and I have a question for you. So I could totally be wrong, but I could have sworn that a few years ago, I think it was, I saw something that said, you know, if you crave chocolate often, which I definitely crave chocolate, um, I'm a chocolate lover, that it could also be that your, I could have sworn they said that your magnesium might be low. And I remember them saying like, make sure you eat tons of leafy greens and things like that too, because that also has magnesium in it. Right. So is that, is that true? Am I correct with that? So let's talk about that. I love that you brought this up. So again, 20 years of data from women and I like you love chocolate, but there's two types of chocolate lovers. There is a dark chocolate lover who the complexity and the flavors of that chocolate. And then there's a sugar addict chocolate Mm -hmm. lover of like a Hershey bar chocolate. And so if you're craving Hershey bar, Snickers, um, Reese's cups, those kinds of chocolate, we've found that leads you're enjoying the flavor, but your body's craving the sugar. Mm -hmm. If you're craving true chocolate, that higher quality, dark chocolate, that can absolutely be a magnesium deficiency. And greens are a great way to get your magnesium levels moving But because of where the farming is at, the level of magnesium in our food has dropped and it doesn't have enough to get you to cell saturation. So for example, 20 years ago, you could go to a grocery store and you could get a red bell pepper and it would have your day's worth of magnesium. Now an organic red bell pepper doesn't even have trace amounts of magnesium anymore. And so our food has really decreased. And so one of the things that I think is so important and really beautifully balanced in my clients who are, who are just nailing their health, that they're just improving their health and really conquering it are women who hold on to the grandma wisdom and stay current. So for example, the grandma wisdom is getting enough sleep, being hydrated, eating a load of vegetables every day. That's grandma wisdom. We know that stuff. It just makes sense. But we also have to be current. My grandmother didn't need to soak. Her magnesium levels were higher in that generation than they are now. And so to create health, we have to hold on to that grandma wisdom, but we also need to stay current with what's happening in our society. So for example, when people started soaking 20 years ago, very, very few people had a potassium issue when they soaked. Now it happens more than it doesn't. Because if you don't have enough potassium and you soak in magnesium, you're going to drop the potassium that you do have. And if it's already low, you are going to feel horrible. Mm -hmm. 
we're actually getting sicker as a society, not healthier. And so now we're, we're in the process right now of changing all of our literature and telling people, hey, before you soak, let's make sure you're eating potassium-rich foods. We need 4,700 milligrams a day. And once they do that, then it makes it so they're not experiencing that exhaustion when they soak. And if you do, that's magnesium shining the light on you didn't have enough potassium. And if we don't have enough potassium, magnesium, and salt, our cell doesn't have voltage and the cell needs voltage to heal. And so it's so important that we stay current and hold on to that grandma wisdom. Yeah, that's so true because you don't think about the fact of things changing now and mm -hmm. today. I feel like thinking of what my parents probably know, you know, they don't realize that their food has changed so much from like when they were younger until now. Um, they might even think, oh, maybe it's better rather right. than something being more maybe depleted or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're bigger. You know, when you go to a grocery store, those red peppers are huge, mm -hmm. but we're paying a cost for those huge synthetically produced red peppers and that they don't have the nutritional quality that foods from 50 years ago did. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so now how would somebody know if maybe they need more magnesium or maybe potassium? Would somebody need to go get blood work often or how does that work? So on magnesium, the latest study that came out of, I believe, oh, I believe it was Texas A&M. The latest study that came out was 90% of people are low in magnesium. 90% of us are walking around. We truly live in a calcium dominant society. Calcium and magnesium work together. And when you don't have enough magnesium, calcium starts to take over and it makes things brittle in your body, makes your arteries brittle and makes your blood sugars go high, makes your thyroid not convert from T4 to T3. And so it's crucial that we create that magnesium rich. And so I tell people, you can get tested, that magnesium red blood cell test. You can get tested before the 30-day challenge, but everyone comes back that they're low. And mm -hmm. so I personally would save that money, do the 30-day challenge, test after, take that $50, because it usually runs about 47 You can sometimes find a coupon code for it. Um, and test after to see where you're at after because so few people even come in at a five. And ultimately on that red blood cell test, we want between 6.3 and seven and very few people even come in at five. And so all of us are walking around with these magnesium depleted bodies that just don't have the basic foundation for what the cell needs to clean itself out and create better cells. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now isn't magnesium in mineral water rather than like it not being in spring water or um, I guess just spring water? I think I think I heard that recently. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you can get magnesium from that. Again, my goal is cell saturation mm -hmm. and you cannot drink enough of that magnesium boosted water to get to cell saturation because it will cause you such digestive distress. Yeah. So absolutely. That's a way that, you know, eating those good vegetables and taking some of that mineral water is a way that you can keep your magnesium levels up. But my goal is optimal health. I want to wake up in the morning 
morning, feeling good, ready to start my day and the energy to follow through on all the ideas and thoughts that I've had. Mm -hmm. And so cell saturation is my ultimate goal. And you just can't get there with just the mineral water, but it's a great way to help you stay there once Mm -hmm. you're there. And that's a crucial part is putting in those components to help keep you there because it's not just about hitting the magnesium 6.3 on your blood test once it has to be maintained. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes a huge part of maintenance and keeping those numbers up. That makes total sense. And now for somebody who is just looking to have some sort of like daily or maybe weekly routine to stay overall healthy, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to them? For a daily or weekly routine, um, I, <laughs> I always think of the sound of music. Start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. I wish I could sing and I'd sing that, but I can't, so I won't. <laughs> but start at the beginning and that's magnesium. And don't chase symptoms, build a strong foundation, get that magnesium number up, And then we need to look at your vitamin D. If your vitamin D is low, we know your magnesium is low. And so get the magnesium levels up and then move to your vitamin D and look at your active and your stored vitamin D. And then we just start progressing through what the body needs in that order that it needs it. And so it all starts with magnesium. So Mm -hmm. soaking, create a time to soak. Now you get really relaxed when you soak. Mm -hmm. Eventually, as your body holds on to that magnesium long enough and your adrenals really get a flood of magnesium, it will actually wake you up and energize you when you soak. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, people have to change their soaking from nighttime to doing it more in the morning or the afternoon because it keeps them awake. Mm -hmm. And so you really need to adjust um, your patterns with what your body's experiencing. And then some people, when they soak, they get absolutely exhausted and that's a potassium drop. And we need to step in and really boost the body with potassium, some good coconut water, um, celery juice, lentils, white beans. Those are all good potassium sources. Mm, Interesting. Oh, that's so good to know. I can't wait to start including this in my daily routine. (laughs) So awesome. And now as we started the podcast, we already started talking more about gratitude. And I know even when we first spoke, you talked about celebrating life as well. So would you say that having gratitude can also help kind of increase your health as well? Oh my goodness. Yes. Can we talk about this? This is one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. Gratitude and experiencing active gratitude in your body keeps your magnesium in your body. Because if you're actively experiencing gratitude, your stress levels don't go up. And we talked earlier, when stress levels go up, magnesium goes out. And I'm not talking about the type of gratitude. And I think of anything 2020 has taught many of us active gratitude at a deeper level for smaller things. 
And I'm not just talking about making a list. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my job. That's not the kind of gratitude that really makes a difference in your body. I'm talking about actively creating gratitude. So you and I were talking before the podcast. I live in um, California on the central California coast and California is on fire right now. There's so many fires that are happening. And my husband and I love this area and we've always appreciated the beauty, you know, of living right on the coast, but we have active gratitude when we walk outside and see clear skies because our air quality with all of the fires that were burning and we had one that was just a mile away from us, we could, you know, you were coughing and choking and your throat tickled and we felt like we had the flu because the air quality was so bad. And so that experience it's now easier for us to step into that active gratitude. I'm looking out right now at the sky and it's blue and it's beautiful and I can see all the trees and I have active gratitude for that. Not just a list of gratitude, mm -hmm. but I'm experiencing that in my body and that kind of gratitude helps you hold on to your magnesium and create that magnesium rich environment in your body that all health is built on. All health is built on magnesium. If you don't have magnesium, your thyroid's not going to function. Your liver's not going to function. Every single disease that happens, we can trace back to a magnesium issue. Now, I want to be really careful in that I am not saying that magnesium will solve all health issues. I'm not saying you soak in magnesium and everything's going to go away. I am saying you soak in magnesium, you start building that strong foundation and giving your body what it needs to heal. And that press process starts to happen more easily. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I love the fact that you distinguish between you, what types of gratitude, you know, between making a list of all the things that you typically would be grateful for, but then also having active gratitude. And it's like in those moments, things that are happening that you just feel like so grateful for. And it really truly lights you up in those moments. That's how I at least feel when things are going on like that. And I'm just like, oh, like I feel like my posture straightens up and uh -huh. I just feel like lit up from inside yes. because I feel this gratitude. That's the gratitude that helps hold on to magnesium. I have a habit in the morning, I write five things in my journal that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And after I write them, I just take a minute or two and I light up and create that in my body. What, when you just said that and your face lit up because your body was remembering something you were grateful for, that's the kind of gratitude that literally changes the hardwiring of your body and your body's ability to create health and hold on to those minerals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. We'll be back with our guest in just a minute, but first let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Are you a business owner who's having a hard time attracting your ideal clients? Are you feeling overwhelmed and have no idea where to start when it comes to marketing? Are you tired of taking photos for your business with your cell phone? That's why I put together my brand strategy and photography program. 
This is for entrepreneurs who are ready to take their brands to the next level while attracting their sole clients. That's right, your sole clients. As a marketer and photographer, I help my clients find clarity within their brand, create strategic messaging, and help them represent their brands in the best light possible. This 12-week program does not just help you build your dream brand, but it also provides you with a whole collection of photos to support your marketing. So what are you waiting for? Let me help you feel confident in yourself and your brand. Head over to CaitlinCasso.com or send me an email at hello at CaitlinCasso.com and we'll get you started. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast but don't know where to begin? Do you feel like you have a message you want to share with the world and want to show up professionally? Well, I have just the thing for you. I recently launched my How to Create a Podcast course, where you can learn everything from creating podcasts and episode topics, naming a podcast and its episodes, recording, editing, and uploading and distributing, as well as two bonus topics of marketing a podcast and finding guests. Whoa, literally, this is everything I wish I had before I started a podcast. That's why I decided to create this course so I could give others, like yourself, the opportunity to learn everything you need to know about starting a podcast all in one place. Long gone are the days of searching through a million articles in order to launch your podcast. I'll take you behind the scenes so you can see everything I do each week while putting my Inspired by Her Story podcast together. So click the link in the show notes or go to CaitlinCasso.com and click on Courses to find out more. And now back to the episode. And now speaking on to the side of your business. Now, did you ever think that you would start your own business one day? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I love how instant that is. (laughs) No, no. And when I, um, we have, depending on the season, we have anywhere from about seven up to 30 people that, um, you know, payroll goes out for, and every time that, you know, the accountant will send me the things to check over for payroll. And I think, oh my gosh, we have a business (laughs) 20 years later. So no, I never intended. I never had that as an aspiration and I never realized the deeply fulfilling experience that it would be Mm -hmm. to have a business. Mm-hmm. It's soul work for me. And there's some bread work that has to happen, some paperwork things, and that's bread work. But soul work of connecting with other people and being able to be a part of their journey is is deeply fulfilling to me. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important because if you are going to build your own business, it's important to do something that fulfills you in the end. You know, you're not oh. just doing it just to do it. That's the I mean, that's what I believe is the point of creating your own business is that you're doing something because you have passion behind it and it, it lights you up and it really is truly fulfilling in the end. Absolutely. Because in the beginning, it started on its own and then I fell in love with it and really started putting too much time into it. My, I was out of balance and it, that passion has a strength and a weakness in that 
I do love it. And I have to remember, okay, hours, boundaries be done for the day. Because I think entrepreneurs can be very driven by their passions. And we tend to get very burned out and very isolated working on our business. And I think that's why um, depression and anxiety among entrepreneurs is higher. And so an entrepreneur is actually burning through more magnesium. We need to really, I want to really bring the light to entrepreneurial souls because they need more magnesium because of that passion and because of the drive. You know, my, my kids will say an entrepreneur is someone who wouldn't work 40 hours a week for someone else, but will work 80 hours a week for themselves because of that drive. And so Mm -hmm. the drive is good. It has to be balanced. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs that don't feel well and they get burned out. And so we want to make sure that we're really taking care and building ourselves along that journey of, of creating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's so true. And I feel like that's something that I've learned a lot while being an entrepreneur too, is having more self-care and having more of a routine to make sure that self-care is in there as well. And it seems like I have met so many other entrepreneurs, especially people being on my podcast as well, that, you know, make sure that that's a part of their routine because they almost learned the hard way. You know, it's like you sometimes need to in order to kind of Uh be like, all right, we can't do this again. Let's start adding some more self-care into my daily routine, have a little bit more balance. (laughs) Boundaries, self-care, and balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And now... If you can go back to when you first started your business, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Oh, when I first started, I would tell myself to become more comfortable with the power of my voice. That was something that that really has been a journey for me. I never I never grew up. I never had the dream to be someone's boss. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that role is stretches me um, because there are things that have to be said that, um, you know, are, are sometimes a little tough. And becoming comfortable with the power of my voice is, is something I wish I would have been aware of sooner, that 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 becoming more comfortable with the power of my voice would have brought clarity sooner Mm. for me. So I think that I go back and say, spend more time on you, spend less time on the business and more time on you creating that clarity. I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we focus on that ICA, that ideal client avatar, you know, who is that person that I can really help and lift and connect with. And if we don't have the clarity to who we are, we can't really focus on that ideal client avatar. We have to have that internal clarity. So I wish I would have said, Kristen, put yourself in that equation too. Don't just make it about other people. There's a give and a receive cycle to that. And so I wish I could have whispered that to myself. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That is great advice. And even speaking to advice, I'd also love to hear if you were to give advice to somebody who's maybe going through a very difficult situation right now, Mm -hmm. just like how you did as well, what kind of advice would you give them? When we went through our hard time, we did not have the insight that it was our greatest gift that had ever been handed to us. 
And because we didn't have that, we were lost, we were confused, we were discouraged, we were just heavy, just everything was so heavy. And the beautiful thing that we learned through that process that actually served us when my husband had his double amputation that was unexpected, <clears throat> we realized, and, and these are your words um, from your podcast, it didn't happen to us, it happened for us. And the ability that we had to hold that differently through my husband's amputation made the experience day and night difference. There wasn't the heaviness, there wasn't, and, and please don't misunderstand me, we mourned. There was a mourning period. The man lost part of his body. He's had to learn how to rewalk and, and through incredible pain. And, and I'm not saying we didn't mourn, but there wasn't that hopelessness and there wasn't that heaviness. And so remembering there will be a gift. And I love the Japanese culture and they have um, a part of their culture that when pottery is broken, it's actually more valuable because it's mended with gold. And so when you're going through, and if someone right now is listening and you are going through your hard time, remember you are not alone and that you have gold, that you can take the broken pottery and you can mend it back together and it will make you more valuable. You will have more to share. You will have more empathy. You will have more insights. You will have more compassion. It will make more of who you are. And we didn't have that knowledge the first time. We, we didn't have that perspective. Second time we did. And it was a day and night difference journey through that hard experience. Mm -hmm. I love how you put that. That was so beautiful. And the fact that you even mentioned, you know, it's not like you didn't mourn this time because you did. And that's oh, important is to still yes, feel your feelings. Those feelings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We didn't, I, I don't want to come across as toxically positive because I, I think that's, that's, it's damaging. We mourned, we cried. There were days and the right after amputation that we, we didn't even, we just laid there in bed and just cried. How are we going to get up and in the chair and dressed and food in you? I mean, so we did, we mourned, but it wasn't with the heaviness and with the hopelessness that we had in our previous experience. And so just remembering and, and telling yourself, I'm learning things that will help me in ways I don't even comprehend or understand or see right now and trusting that process. Mm -hmm. And for us, because what we learned was the most fulfilling part of my life now, it really built my trust bank. And because it was built so strongly, it was so much easier to rely on that trust as the amputation happened, that some of our most beautiful lessons would come through that amputation. And they did. Mm -hmm. And they came sooner because we weren't pushing them away by that heaviness and hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is so true. I just love how you put everything. It's so beautiful. And I'm sure it's going to help inspire so many people also. So thank you for sharing all of that too. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. 
And now, as you know, a big theme of the podcast is about getting out of your comfort zone. So no matter what goes on through life, no matter how small or big a situation might be, how do you usually push yourself to get out of your comfort zone? So I play this little mind game with myself and because I, part of my personality, I love comfort and I love making other people comfortable. And so it really goes against how I'm hardwired to get out of that comfort zone. But the things I want, I have to get out of that comfort zone to create them. And so one of the things that I do is I've built a muscle. And when I first started doing it, it was so hard and it just becomes easier and easier. And I just tell myself one, two, three, ready, go. And I do it. And I just make myself do whatever that uncomfortable thing is. And when you follow through with action, after you've told yourself to do that, you build a trust bank with your body Mm -hmm. that your body just knows, here we go, we're going to do it. And so one, two, three, ready, go. And I just jump and do it. And building that trust bank has created an ability to do more things out of my comfort zone. And now I even celebrate going out of that comfort zone because Mm -hmm. I know that's where that personal growth will be. That's where that change. And so now I don't even look at the comfort zone as this big, scary thing anymore. I look at it as this exhilarating place where I'm going to grow. And so even my filter on it by those simple words, one, two, three, ready, go. Mm -hmm. It's like jumping into a pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly Absolutely. what I think of. Because yeah. when I was little, I'd be so scared to jump into a yeah. pool. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, ready, go. And I teach my grandkids that too. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, ready, go. But you have to follow through on it. Mm-hmm. So when those words come out of my mouth, I physically have to follow through. I have to build that trust bank. I don't want to let myself down. And I don't want to create a pattern that I'm not following through on my word Mm -hmm. because my word is crucial. Exactly. I love that because otherwise then you'll know you'll kind of let up in other situations. So it's like Mm -hmm. not possible. It needs to happen. Right. So if that one, two, three, ready, go comes out of my mouth, there is an action step that is taken the moment I finish that sentence. That is awesome. I love that. And now, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we move on to the last subject that maybe we didn't get to? One short little thing, and that is Epsom salts. I want to talk about that because a lot of people say, well, I soak in Epsom salts Mm -hmm. and I feel such a benefit. And that's great. We know that Epsom salts are so healing for the body. But remember, the goal is cell cell saturation and Epsom salts cannot get you there. Mm -hmm. Now, Epsom salts can help you maintain but they can't get you to cell saturation. And so I want people to understand the difference between soaking and then soaking in Epsom salts. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the only thing that I'd just like to add there at the end. Yeah, awesome. And thank you for adding that because I'm sure people probably are thinking that right now too. So it's good to clear it up. Yeah, that's a question we get a lot on the Epsom salts. Yeah, I bet. And also where can everybody find you too? Oh, livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. Awesome. Is our website and our social media links are all over the website. 
Awesome. Perfect. And now for the last segment, this is a little fun, just another way for people to get to know you a little bit. And so this is called Fast Five, where I will ask you a question and you can answer with either a word or a phrase that first comes to you. Okay. One, two, three, ready, go. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) There we go. I love it. (laughs) All right. So question number one. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the word growth? Yes. Mm, ooh, I like that. What or who inspires you? My husband. Mm, I love that. That's amazing. And what side of what kind of hobby do you have outside of work? Gardening. Mm, ooh, I love that. And it totally makes sense, I feel like. <laughs> As a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, as a little kid, oh, I was on survival mode. And so I didn't, I didn't really have that experience as a little girl to dream. So let's go, let's go to um, my young adult years. I'm, I'm going to rephrase that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. My young adult years, I wanted to be a person that made things better, that left people better, um, that created an environment that people felt supported. So there wasn't really a name to it. It was more the experience of what I wanted to create. And look at that. You are doing it every day now. I hope so. I hope so. And now I love to ask this question because of being a photographer. So if you could capture one specific moment that represents your life through a photograph, what would that be? Mm -hmm. I am on the beach, walking my favorite spot in the ocean uh, with my family. Mm, And we're connected, we're healed, and we're together. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, the beach is a powerful place, I have to say. And... um, being a brand photographer myself, a lot of my clients love to end their photo shoots at the beach. So it's so interesting to think about, you know, just the meaning behind what a beach really, what it means to other people, what it represents. And so it's very interesting thinking of that. So because of my clients typically wanting to do photos there and then hearing you say that also, and even see your face light up when you say it, it's yeah. amazing. We do not take it for granted that we have where we live now that I am on the beach every morning as the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes twice a day, I, I go walk that beach. It's healing. It's renewing uh, the waves and breath. There's just, it's just inspiring to me to be there. And I love having my grandkids with me there and my family and exploring and just remembering there's purpose to all things. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. And thank you, Kristen, so much for joining me today. This was such an amazing conversation. I have learned so much. I know that I'm definitely going to be taking this with me and I'm so excited to continue using the magnesium soak that you sent me. So thank you for that too. And this was such a great conversation and I know so many people are going to be inspired by you. 
Now, Caitlin, I appreciate what you're doing. When you think of your podcast listeners being taught your power phrase that I think is, it's happening for you, not to you. And I just think of all the people that you've reached that will be able to take that into their life and take those hard things and completely change their experience because of what you're doing. So we thank you for making sure that you're out there every week, putting yourself out there, helping us to remember those simple, important steps that we can take when life happens. And 2020 has, has had so many twists and turns. And so remembering what you're teaching is crucial for all of us. So we thank you. Thank you for having me on. I've loved it. Oh, thank you so much. This is so great. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I hope you found some inspiration, motivation, encouragement, and empowerment to get you out of your comfort zone and live your life to the fullest. Make sure to follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and follow the podcast at Inspired by Her Story on Instagram. Follow my brand photography on Instagram at Caitlin Casso Creations and come along with me during my travels at Caitlin Casso. Go ahead and share the podcast with a friend and take these stories with you to make the changes in your life that you've been looking for. Stay tuned for the next Inspired by Her Story episode.